still there. I hope everybody's happy today and uh, of a good spirit. I see our little sign says, hey, we're on. So welcome, everybody. I'm delighted that you're here. Hello, Walter. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm so glad that you're going to join us with, with these and uh, just, just thrilled to be able to do them. I want to thank Thomas so much. Uh, for setting this up. We want to make a couple of announcements, but we'll wait until a few more folks join in and uh, make those announcements clear. But uh, I want to do this on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1030. Go about 20 minutes, um, shoot for 20. And if we, if we are in the middle of something fantastic, we won't turn it loose, of course, until, you know, we um, we get through with it, but not beyond 10:30, so that everybody can make plans. A 10 a Tuesday and Thursday now from 10:30 and, and until 11, but not not beyond 11 o'clock. All right. Now what I'm going to do and want to do is I want to um, take a topic, maybe every month. A different topic or whenever whenever uh, we run into uh, we, we we just have something else pressing and or we finish a topic and it may may finish it in a week or two weeks or whatever but but every month at least try to have a different resonant contemporary topic and then um, the topic that I'm going to be talking about today what I want to talk to you about today is um, something I did a couple of weeks ago in uh, a great church in Augusta, Georgia, and calling those things that are not as though they were, as though they are. Calling those things that are not as though they are. We'll get into that in just a minute. I can hardly wait. I was up two to four this morning uh, thinking about you all and, uh, and praying over this. But here's what we need from all of you. Uh, we need your email and all of your addresses so that we can send you things from time to time, keep you abreast of what's going on. I also plan to do an evening thing uh, once a week, a little bit later in conjunction with this. So if, if you will, um, uh, I want you to order the, the, we used to say tape, but the CD, DVD uh, of, of what we did in Augusta, this full message, it took me an hour and 10 minutes to preach it. And I, I just don't preach that long, but uh, I did then because I had hold of it and I couldn't turn it loose. Um, and you, you order that, it's $4.97, $4.97, that's all it is, just to help us get it to you. And, um, then you'll have this, and I'm going to be talking about it in depth for the next four weeks. Remember, too, that we're on Twitter and Facebook and email. I, I think we're on just about everything now that, uh, that Thomas wants us to be on, and, and uh, we're moving in that direction. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Now, uh, I'm going to teach you today out of my Greek text. I hope that's all right with you. And... Um, um, the reason that I want to come to this topic, calling those things that are not 
listen to that carefully, are not as though they, the Bible says were, but it would be better to say are because they always are. Now here is the passage I'm going to start with. 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 27, and 28. So if you got a Bible, grab it and turn to it, will you? 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 27, and 28. And while you go there, I want to tell you a little story and why this is quickened to me. Um, most of you will remember some years ago, uh, the Word of Faith folks, God bless them, God bless them. I'm a Word of Faith guy myself, but not officially. But I, I certainly am a Word of Faith. I, I'm, I'm a biblicist. I'm a guy that looks at the text. I'm a, I'm a five-fold teaching, teaching apostle, teaching apostle. That's what I am. So um, um, I, I really did not focus on this great revelation when it was in vogue a number of years ago because I saw too many what I felt were uh, abortions and, um, and, and false things uh, taught in its name, extremism and so on. So I just kind of backed away like so many, many people did. But something happened to me the other day that I I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at this because I just believe this is God and uh, speaking to me. I, I bought a, a church uh, three years ago down in Alma, Georgia. Now, I live in Columbus, Georgia, so this is, uh, uh, you know, a couple of hundred miles away, about five-hour drive, really. And um, uh, I did it for a son that I, I wanted to put in and, and uh, give, give a, a, a shot. Now, it was a great church, a beautiful church, sits 500 and is completely furnished and everything about it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, but I, I sunk a lot of money into it and um, um, then it didn't work out. And uh, uh, the, the brother had to leave and so there I was stuck with it. And it's a small town, it's the nicest facility in the city. And uh, whew, um, having all that money invested and getting nothing back was very, very difficult on me, uh, along with several other things that I'd done that were sort of like that, trying to help my sons and daughters get going. Um, so the church in Alma became really a, a financial albatross for me. And so... I was praying and asking the Lord to help me with this. And uh, and then the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to buy a little book. So <clears throat> I bought this book. This is, this is not a book and, and it's not an author that I had ever really read after at all. It's uh, Calling Those Things That Are Not by Charles Capps. <laughs> and it was right, right. I mean, he's probably the best spokesman of that 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 revelation that that uh, you know word of faith has and uh, I'm nothing against him at all I, I, I love what I know about him a farmer from Arkansas that just has got a hold of the word so uh, I, I I read that and um, and I said I'm gonna do that and so I just turned my my thoughts right here in this chair where I'm sitting now and I put my hands out towards the south which I'm doing right now 
And I said, in the name of Jesus, listen to me. Church, property in Alma, I call you sold. I call you sold. I see you sold in the name of Jesus. And I just went, went on about that and did that. And you know what happened? It was 3.15 in the afternoon. And my wife, I'm a caretaker here with my wife in, in, in some ways, you know. And so I uh, just put her to bed. I, I went back up right after I did that, five minutes, and I went on up. And I put her to bed, and, um, and I came on back down here about 3.30, 3, 3.40. And um, when I did, uh, I started working away, and boom, the phone rang. And I picked up the telephone. It was my real, realtor in Alma, Georgia. He said, I've got some good news for you. Your property just sold. Oh my goodness. It, it took less than an hour. Blew me away. Blew me away. So you can imagine I grabbed this book and I started reading some more. Well, anyway, my, my whole thought is this. Now, I'm not elevating the book. It's a great book, by the way, if you want to buy it. But um, I am telling you that something happened to me. And um, I am not going to allow the abuses of the Bible and the abuses of Revelation um, that that really dismayed me uh, years ago to rob me of a genuine revelation from the things of God. And so I, I want I want a day to to just take my Greek text out and come back to this old story which um, I had discarded. And uh, to my detriment. And now here it is. Here it is. Maybe you did the same thing. Maybe not. Here it is now. And I'm, I'm going to translate it right out, of, right out of my Greek text. Here's what it says. For you see your calling, brethren. Calling, brethren. I want you to note it, calling. Uh, that there are not many wise according to the flesh. Not many powerful and not many well-born among you Corinthians. That's what he was saying, among you Corinthians. <laughs> That's interesting. Let me let me show but but first, but God chose. Now three times in this text the Bible uses the word but God chose. I'm going to show it to you. See this whole thing is God's choice. It's it 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 doesn't have anything to do with us except that we've got to choose what God chooses. So he says, but God chose the foolish things of the world that the wise might be put to shame. And God chose, and there it is again, twice in that 27th verse, the weak things of the world so that he might put to shame the strong things, the mighty, the strong things. And then here it is again, the third time. And God chose the lowborn of the world and the things having been despised and the things that are not so that he might bring to nothing things that are. And you know why? So that no flesh might glory in his presence. Then it says a great text. And I preached this text many times without fooling with the, with the pre preceding part of it. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who was made to us wisdom, Sophia. So we do have wisdom. We have it in Christ. We have the true wisdom in Christ, not the world's wisdom. 
righteousness, righteousness, hallelujah, sanctification and redemption. Jesus was made all those things to us so that even as it has been written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. Now, I don't, I don't want to try to be Karl Rove or anything like that, but I, I do want to show you something. The Bible says, you see your calling, brethren. Here it is, calling, calling. That word is the word klesis, klesis, right here, calling, klesis. Now, if you just add an E-K to the beginning of that, you've got ekklesis, or, and you put an A instead of that last S, you've got ekklesia. So, you know, the real biblical definition of the ecclesia is the called out ones, the called out ones, called out ones, not those that are part of a separate denomination or even a separate movement or anything, but those who have, who have and see and recognize and understand that there is a call of God upon every human life. 2 Timothy 1, beginning at verse 9, going through verse 11, is absolutely incredible. It's the last thing that Paul said or wrote in his lifetime was that book. And he says, God, who has called us, God has called us and equipped us with a purpose and a anointing and an anointing and he did it before the foundations of the world called called and he says not many wise you, you know this word safas we get our word sophisticated from it <laughs> we get our word it, it, it's the word sophia meaning wise but sophists who abounded in paul's day and they all pretended wisdom they had book learning and they would hire themselves out, really. This is how the legal profession started with these kinds of guys right here, these, these so-called sophists. They started the legal profession, and they would study up on things and then sell themselves and go in and go to the, to the courts and represent high-paying clients. That's the way the legal profession got to going. He said not many sophisticated. Not many mighty, look at this, this is the word dunatas. You know the word dunamis, don't you? This is a variation of the word dunamis. But see, he's talking according to the world now. Those who can release power, release energy, that's power. Said not many of them are called either. And look at this, and not many noble are called. <laughs> that word is eugenes, eugenics. You is good, like eulogy, and gen Genesis is born. Eugenie, not many high-born are called. He said, you don't have many of you there, but what he does say, look at this, and we've taken this, and I've heard preachers preach this, and it's so sad, that, but God hath chosen the weak things of the world. Now, that he didn't say that. He said the mora. You know what mora is? This is the root word for morons. Yeah, and we've had fun off of it. But look at what it says. It says the mora of the world. 
That's what the world calls us, morons, for believing in a God that they couldn't see, for living their lives in terms of somebody who lived above the heavens and dwelt within their hearts. The cosmos, the worldlings call them fools, morons, idiots. You, how can you have a God you can't see and touch and feel? See, that this, this sets the stage for this great revelation. So then now Paul goes on and he says, and the things that are not, to bring to naught, whoa, whoa, come on, we got to get down into the next, next part of this passage here. Here's what it says, to bring to naught, or to shame, to bring to zero. Now, my new King James, I, I love this new King James Bible, it says, bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh may glory in his presence. Now, this is a text. If I can, if I can do this uh, text today um, in, in the right time, this will be fantastic. Things that are not versus things that are, so that no flesh can glory in God's presence. Now, all I want to say from this text is this, because I want to go to another even greater text, and uh, that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So go, go over there and hold that and wait for me. Things not manifested versus things that are manifested. Can you get that word manifested? Are let me let me give you let me give you another another revelatory thing that that um, that the Lord gave me uh, to understand this and to get hold of this. There are two levels of being. One is being. That is ongoing life, to be, to be, being, ongoing. And then there is what we call existence, to exist. You remember the existentialists of a few years ago? They were, they were people who had long since done away with anything that they could not see, smell, taste, hear, or touch. In other words, there was no other. There was nothing other than what was here, what existed. See, this is the German word, ist, is. That's the German word for is. This is the Greek word for out, out. Is, out. In other words, there it is, manifest. You can see it. They said that's all there is. They said there is no being that you cannot see. Well, we all know that that's not true. The whole Bible is based on the fact that there are two kinds of life, two kinds of being. 
that which you cannot see and that which you can see. One you call existence. Something exists that you can feel, touch, handle. But something bees, if you'll pardon that expression, that you cannot. Now, I want you to see something. Remember in, in 1 Corinthians 27, two times, 28, one time, God chose. God chose. Here's that word chose. I want you to see this now. It's E, E, X, again, X, and look, E, X, A, L, A, T, O. Ex elato. He, he chose it. He chose it out. He chose it out. God selected. He could have used any way he wanted to, to get this revelation to it. But he elected. Ex elato. He elected to get it to us this way. What way? To call those things that are not, that we can see, that the world can't see, that we know exists even if we cannot see it. We call that forth into existence. See, it's a principle of incarnation. It's all the way through the Bible. That's how God called in his inheritance. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever could believe in him would not would not perish, but inherit the earth. You see that? This is God's chosen method. Now, that brings me to a statement I hope you'll write down somewhere. If I can see it, I can change it. Because you see, what exists is temporary. It's a reflective temporary thing of what I cannot see, which is the ultimately real thing. As long as I can see it, I can change it. And God has chosen a method to show us how. And it's there in 1 Corinthians 1, but it's also even clearer over in 2 Corinthians. Now, flip over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, I'm going to try to not be too long here, but I want to get you into this text, and we'll finish this Thursday morning, okay? We'll, we'll pick it right up where we leave it off. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And it's, uh, I want to begin... Well, I, I'm going to start with 13 because I, I just want to take the time to do this right. Um, here's verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith. Now, what has he been talking about? Well, if you, you go back to verse 7, Paul says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power. <laughs> I think we'd have time to get into the Greek of that. It's beautiful. May be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed, and so on. Persecuted, but not forsaken. 
always carrying the body in our body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we who are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So that death is working in us, but life is working in you. But now watch, watch. Now all that sounds pretty bad, but he says, we have treasure in an earthen vessel. A human vessel bears about the pearl of divine treasure. Now, and since we have the same spirit of faith, if you are a man or a woman of faith, then you have the spirit of faith. And that spirit of faith is this. It's an attitude of faith. It's, a, it's the way you look at life. It influences everything about your outlook on life. You live in a spirit of faith. He says, according to what is written. Listen to this. Paul said, I believe and therefore I spoke. Now, what did he do then? If it, you jot this down. Psalms 116, verse 10. He quoted Psalms 116, verse 10, which was from David. From David in a time of struggle in his life, he says, I'm not going to look at what I'm seeing, but I'm going to look at what I cannot see. And I'm going to call what I cannot see out of invisibility to take the place of what I'm looking at. That's what David said in this 116th Psalm. Now, Paul says it again right here and establishes then it as the principle of faith, God's way of rewarding our faith. Oh, my goodness. Now, he goes on. Paul's main point here is to say that this is not just for David and not just for Paul, but it is also for all of us. And that brings me over to the 18th verse. Now, I'm skipping here. If I had all the time, we'd go into, into the, the verses in between. But here's the principle I've got to get to you today before I quit now. And it's almost 11, so we've got to quit 30 minutes. Here it is. According to what is written, Paul said, I believe, therefore, I speak. Most of us speak before we believe. He said we must believe first. What do we believe? What God says. We believe as it is written. We believe what God has called us. We believe what God's promise to us is. And then we behave in terms not of what we see but what we don't see that we can call into being or existence it already bees you understand but we gotta call it into existence it's a principle of incarnation in healing i don't curse what is and say i rebuke you sickness or i rebuke you poverty or i rebuke you building not sold 
but instead we look beyond what is and we call into existence that which already bees. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open this up to you next time more because here we are now at the main text. I've got three more of these great texts on this that I really want to, to talk to you further about. But according to what is written, I believe and then I speak. Now, if you do that, you do that. You can call out of being into existence what God wants in your life and what you want in your life. Now we've started. I'm going to stop now.